1: gratitude shifts your
2: focus from what your life lacks to the abundance that is already present maralisa fabrega
3: hello and welcome to express yourself we're a program by for and with creative young people a platform to give teens a voice right here on the voice america empowerment channel From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the Airwaves as an outreach service of the Be the Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by Guidestar and great nonprofits. I'm Andrea Smith, and today's show is about gratitude, holidays, and puppies. And they seem to all go together. And but first off, be the Star You Are has recently begun our 22nd year of service. We want to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are so thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate by being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs.
2: And I'm Arjun Clare. During the pandemic, as part of our Disaster Relief Outreach Program, Be The Star You Are showcases authors, artists, actors, and other creatives who have found their performances canceled due to the pandemic. Make sure you tune in to Wednesdays with Writers and Performers and Super Smart Sundays both broadcasting right here on the Voice of America Network. We have a fantastic show planned for you today all about, all about gratitude and puppies. In segment two, you'll meet certified professional dog trainer Kathy Callahan. In segment three, we'll read a segment from Cynthia Bryan's book, Be the Star You Are, Millennials to Boomers. And right now, we're so
4: excited to welcome Nahal Gill
2: with his segment, Spark the Interest. Take it away, Nahal.
4: Hi, everyone. I hope the holidays are going well for you. Christmas, in my opinion, is the best time of the year, and it's a great time to spend time with family and friends. Even though it may be a bit different this year, I believe we can all find our joy. It's also time to take a look back at this year that's passed and changes we can make for the new year, and a time that we look beyond ourselves and think of ways to give to others and bring a little bit of joy into their lives. This year, as I reflect on a sad event that occurred, I can also can share with you the way my family turned sour lemons into sweet lemonade. A couple of weeks ago, my dog Sparky was hit by a car and left paralyzed. And at the advice of the doctor, we have felt it was best to put him to sleep. Everyone was really sad, but as a family, we felt the best thing to do was get to a re- was get a rescue dog. Even though our dog Sparky lost his life, We had the opportunity to give love and a good home to another dog. We brought home a rescue dog, and he has given us nothing but joy. I, too, hope you and your family can find joy this holiday season, too, whether it's spending time making your favorite cookies over FaceTime or maybe doing a virtual caroling event or just sharing pictures of your holiday pajamas with your family and friends and even your fur friends.
3: I absolutely agree with you. Um, I know that over quarantine, I finally convinced my parents to adopt a puppy. So we also got a rescue puppy. Uh, Her name's Ginger, and she has just brought us so much joy and happiness during this season. And so um, for the holidays, do you have any special plans, especially with COVID?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah, so my plan this holiday includes spending time with family and doing gift exchanges over FaceTime and also spending time with the newest member of our family, our new rescue dog.
5: That
2: sounds like a great plan. And I know this pandemic and the virus has kind of messed everyone up. So have your plans changed this year for Christmas and the holidays as compared to other years?
4: Yeah, they have definitely changed. We won't be able I won't be able to spend the holidays with my family that's out of state. They usually come here. And we also miss going ice skating with my friends or shopping for Christmas gifts and all that hustle and bustle. But I think that no matter how our holiday traditions are gonna have to change, it's also an opportunity to make new traditions and still find joy and have fun.
3: Yes, I completely agree with you. Um, This season is definitely a great time for new traditions and um, puppies are definitely can count as a new tradition. And so can you tell us and like listeners, do you think that the holidays is the perfect time to get a rescue animal?
4: Yeah, I think it's a great time, actually, because there's so many pets that need a home and maybe they're stranded or maybe they've been abused. And it's also a way for us to give them a better life. And what time better to do it during the holidays? And also, if your family has wanted a dog or a pet, it's also a wonderful gift for the family, too. Definitely.
2: And I know I've heard studies that say having a pet kind of increases your overall happiness as a person. So... In what ways do you think that pets are important to us as humans?
4: Yeah, well, well, first of all, they can really become our best friends. And studies show that children that grow up with pets, they often learn how to be compassionate towards others. And pets also keep us active, whether we go on a long walk with them, on a run with them, playing catch. And most importantly, they give us so much love. And that's just a great thing with having a pet.
2: Definitely. I think that's a very important thing to consider when someone's wondering whether they should get a pet or not. Well, thank you so much, Nahal. I really enjoyed our conversation, but unfortunately, we are out of time.
4: Thank you.
3: Yeah, thank you. I learned so much about puppies, and um, it was super fun talking to you. Listeners, show your love for more segments by donating to the BTSYA 501c3 Literacy Charity that brings you this program at bethestarur.org. Keep listening for more
2: as we interview professional dog trainer Kathy Callahan in the next segment.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The positive message outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens.
6: Show the world your smile. Be the star you are. If you are
0: ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarURadio.com live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com.
6: us at be the starurradio.com and the Voice America Empowerment Channel
7: entertainment news from a kid's perspective tune into kids first coming attractions on voice america's empowerment channel the kids first film critic review all the latest movies tv shows and digital media before they're released interview celebrities and share all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch our reporters ages 8 to 21 bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families Kids First Coming Attractions plays every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on The Voice America Empowerment Channel.
3: Thanks for staying with us here at Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I am so excited to welcome onto the show Kathy Callahan, who is a professional dog trainer living in Alexandria, Virginia. She loves to coach people and their puppies into a great pack life. Her family continues to foster puppies amid their own furry pack.
2: Over the past decade, Kathy Callahan's family has taken in more than 100 rescue puppies. She's the author of 101 Rescue Puppies, One Family Story of Fostering Dogs, Love, and Trust. This delightful, photo-filled book features the wonderful stories that emerged as these foster pups were suddenly surrounded by a nurturing family, complete with a patient adult dog and curious cats. With a gift for for capturing the moment in both words and images, Callahan brings readers inside the poignant and ultimately uplifting work of fostering. This inspiring read is indeed about puppies, but it's also about family and human connection. It's about finding your own way through that one special thing you can do to light a candle instead of cursing the darkness. We are so happy to have you on the show with us today. Welcome to
8: Express Yourself. Thank you so much. It's a delight to be here talking to you guys.
3: Yeah, um, we're so happy to have you on this show. And it's so, so cool that you're a professional dog trainer. I recently just adopted a puppy and it was so exciting. Now I'm going through the training <laughs> process of like trying to potty train her. And uh-huh. And playing here, like teaching her how to do basic commands. So it's definitely been a roller coaster, but very Absolutely. rewarding. Yes. You, know
8: what, you know what's interesting is when I started this fostering journey, you know, we weren't always the crazy people who had a million dogs in their house. We used to be normal, like regular people. But then uh, we took in our first two foster puppies um, eight years ago, and it is such a an incredible experience that we never stopped and we're up to about 200 now. But in the beginning of that, I was not a dog trainer. And uh, what happened is I just learned so much, you know, as emerged in this world of puppyhood, I learned and learned and read and read and got more and more interested in it. And then I would find myself coaching all the folks who just like you had just adopted one of our fosters. And so the more I learned, the more I realized people really need guidance through, the phase that you're going through right now is there is, um, there are a lot of tips and tricks, you know? And so I got myself, uh, certified as a dog trainer and I've learned a ton and it is really fun to help people through that challenging puppyhood phase so that they can really enjoy it and not feel overwhelmed. Cause it is pretty, it's pretty typical to feel so excited to get your puppy and then to feel pretty overwhelmed when the reality yes. hits.
3: No, I like I've been trying to convince my parents for years and I was <laughs> right. so excited. And then the first week, I was like, oh, what did I get myself into? Do I, I have know. time for this? No, but it just it like it's been so rewarding. And um, like once we got into the swing of things, it definitely was like it definitely got a lot better and we've been training her and it's been so fun. And so you said that you fostered like 200 dogs or puppies. <laughs> and yes. so how many would you have at one time?
8: So the way um the way it works for me is that my specialty what our family loves to do, to do the most is to take in a nursing mom and her babies. In fact, right behind me on the bed is a pregnant mom who is yeah. going to give birth sometime the next week, so it's very exciting. Um wow. anyway, that is how our numbers got so high. So we work with a, a rescue. My my rescue that I typically work with is Homeward Trails Animal Rescue, but there are many great rescues all across the country who do the same thing I do, which is we take in dogs who are homeless, who are in shelters and who are at risk uh, because the shelters don't have enough room for them and can't find enough homes for them. So the private rescues, take them in, swoop them into someplace that has a higher population and more people ready to adopt. And in the meantime, they, ha- they need a place to put them. So that's what fostering is. So I am the foster home for the animals who are waiting for their forever spot. So we take them in when they are kind of at risk. And sometimes they're not in great shape, but we pop them into our house and love them up, um, get them all healthy and have a ball like we have we have puppies in our house all the time, which is really fun. Um, and so we often do have a whole litter. Uh, so your question was, how many do you typically have at a time? We often have, um, you know, a mom and maybe seven puppies. And we will have them until the puppies are adoptable age, which for our rescue, uh, we decide is about eight weeks. Um, so often we kind of have this time, since we're going to have these babies from the very beginning, We will have the mom for a little more than two months. um, And then we'll have the babies as soon as they're born, we'll have them for two full months till they're eight weeks old. And then by then we will have found some awesome families for them.
3: Oh, I love that so much. That sounds (laughs) so fun. And how do you... And so how, when do you
8: start training the puppies? Like at what age? You know, what is awesome is that you can start as early as four weeks old, as long as you're using positive training methods. When I was, um, I 12 and got my first dog, um, it was a puppy. And back then they told you that you couldn't really train a dog until he was six months old. And the reason was that the old-fashioned way to train was kind of mean. Quite honestly, now the industry has changed a lot, and most trainers have moved toward positive training, which means basically, you just use good stuff to make, uh, make to to make it worth the puppy's while to do what you want them to do. So you use a little treat to get them to sit. And instead of, say, joking up, jerking up on a collar, you know, so as long as you're using positive methods, you can start as early as you want. And so with my little four week olds, as soon as they are eating little tiny bits of food, as opposed to just nursing, it is time for me to start teaching a sit. And I, it's all voluntary. It's just if they feel like doing it, some puppies are more interested than others. But you can teach that stuff really early. So I do try to give my guys a little head start on things. So that by the time they're heading home, they already have a little bit of an idea of, wait, if I listen to the human, good stuff happens. And that's kind of the big lesson you want to teach your puppy is that good things will happen if they listen to you. And if you can get that across to your little pup. You are on your way.
2: Wow, that's really awesome. Um, I had no idea that you could start training puppies at only four weeks old. I mean, that's really, really young.
8: It but, is really, really young.
2: <laughs> I mean, how do you not get attached to all these like new little puppies that you have running around the house? And that is that is
8: the question.
2: The, to their forever owners like how do you find their forever owners
8: yeah so whenever somebody learns that um that i foster and of course now the book came out everyone knows i foster but people ask our family all the time uh how do you do it how do you let them go because they know how much we love dogs and of course they live in our house for a while and so you get to love them even more um so the truth is that is challenging And every foster, every family or person that fosters a dog goes through this, which is the worry about whether you can give them up. Um, But experienced fosters learn this is just the way it's supposed to go. And it's a beautiful thing. Pretty soon you learn. I'll I'll admit I cried the night before for the first dozen (laughs) Um, because you feel a little bit like you might be betraying them. You know, you have brought them in from an at rest situation, then they get all comfy and happy in your little happy house. And then you're going to hand them over. Um, And it just feels a little bit like a betrayal. But over time, I have learned that this is absolutely, it's a beautiful experience because you hand them over, you hand over this puppy who you thought was so settled and only your house, you hand them over. And three days later, you are getting the most amazing texts and messages and emails from these families who cannot stop talking about how much they love this puppy and who talk about how they don't remember life before this puppy. And this puppy has made them a more happy family and all this stuff. And you see pictures of the puppy looking like he's exactly where he's supposed to be. So it ends up feeling like it's all going just the way it's supposed to. And that I am absolutely, our family is where we're supposed to be. We are just this little spot in the journey. We're this happy little spot. Um, but these puppies aren't supposed to end up with us. They, they're supposed to move on. So, of course, what makes it easier to let them go is being super careful about where they're going to go and make a really nice match. So that's what um, these rescue groups are great at. Uh, there are a bunch of, and the truth is there's so, for every puppy who comes in rescue, there are probably two dozen people who have helped the puppy get there. We are just one tiny little piece of the puzzle. We fosters. Um, there are also the people that work on the, sh- at the shelter and work hard to get the puppy out of there. There are people who drive every Saturday who drive car full, cars full of dogs from the South, typically from the South where there are too many up to the North where there aren't enough. Um, There are people who do the shots and do the deworming. Anyway, so many people are involved in this. And um, this is just our little role and this is how it's supposed to go. And it's a delight to be able to do, to help out this way. I feel incredibly grateful that we have stumbled into this. We never planned to do this. We stumbled into it and it has put us in the middle of the circle of, it's a circle of happy. (laughs) It really is. It's a circle of, you know, these are trying times in the world and, We have, because of fostering, because of this one little decision, you know, 10 years ago to take in these two little puppies, we find ourselves in a constant circle of seeing the best in people and of getting to experience a bunch of puppy joy. And it is, it is a delight.
3: Yes. It's so wonderful what you and your husband are doing and um, helping all these puppies and Like, it sounds like you really love what you're doing and it just brings me so much joy. (laughs) And what, um, how do you, like, do you think that the holidays, is there a lot more people now, especially during quarantine and during the holiday season that are wanting to get a puppy? And do you think that this is the right time to adopt a puppy?
8: Yeah. So, so, so that's such a great question. This whole year has been a gangbuster year for, uh, dogs, uh, you know, for, for, um, for almost everything. Uh, this pandemic has been so challenging and a lot of people are having such a hard time, but I have to say a lot of the silver linings of this pandemic have gone to the dog world (laughs) because dogs suddenly have, there are people home so much more often than they used to be, and that's all dogs want. They just want to hang out with you. And so even when people are working from home, going to school from home and stuff, um, they're they're f- squeezing in more walks and more adventures and all that kind of stuff, and it's wonderful for dogs. So. This has been a great year for for adoptions. Rescues, shelters are... Uh, pups come in and out so quickly from shelters this year, from rescues. A lot of people are re- reporting that it's even hard to find a dog, which is just a great problem to have. Um, so, yeah, this year, for sure, a bunch of people, I'm sure, will be looking to add um, a puppy to their pack. Uh, and often, we tend to... Uh, We're a little concerned about people who want to get a get a puppy for Christmas because there's just so much going on during the holidays, and sometimes that's kind of an emotional decision, maybe a last minute decision. And they get this puppy, and there's so much happening, and there's unwrapping, there's gifts, there's you know chaos, and then there's this puppy. And you, since you have a new puppy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Those first weeks, yeah, those first weeks of puppyhood are (laughs) so challenging. Yeah. So challenging. It changes everything everything in your house. And especially if you aren't already a dog family, if this is actually going to be a new thing for you, it is, it will upend your house. And so you really have to be in the right mind frame for it. So generally we kind of don't love it when people adopt right around Christmas because it's just too much chaos. But this year it does seem like people are a little bit better equipped because there's simply less going on. Um, so I do think that this is this is a this season this holiday season is a lovely time to be thinking about adding a pet to your pack because you know we don't have access to a lot of things we usually do right now you know um, but you know all the things that are connected to dog ownership are still allowed <laughs> you can still go for a walk and go for a hike and you might not be able to cuddle your grandparents who live. Somewhere else, uh, but you can sure cuddle your dog, and so I think that dogs over this past nine months have helped a lot of people kind of keep keep their keep sane, you know, keep feeling good, keep keep having something kind of in touch that's grounding. That's what animals do; yes. they kind of keep you in the moment, you know, they keep you um if your if your mind is about to spin and worry about things sometimes just looking in your puppy's eyes and taking your dog out for a walk where suddenly you feel the breeze and it all feels kind of okay dogs do an amazing job of keeping you grounded in in the moment so yeah i think this year in particular it's a fantastic time to to think puppy or or to think dog either way
2: definitely and i think kind of echoing what andrea said i think it's so awesome what you and your husband are doing because unfortunately there are tons of animals that are in foster care and i think it's great that you guys are kind of t- removing them from that environment but along with fostering there's definitely going to be some twists and turns so i think i got to ask like what has surprised you most about fostering all of these puppies
8: so um, what I knew, what we knew would be fun, would be simply having puppies around. Um, and that is exactly what we expected, which means pretty much any time we want, we can go downstairs and lie in a pile of pu- puppies, which is hilarious and awesome. Um, and one thing, you know, when, th- when you get your own puppy, just like, he- like you have, the um, that's kind of a constant job. You're always worried. You're always are they peeing right now? <laughs> There's so <laughs> yes. much responsibility. Are they chewing my shoe right now? But when you have a litter, like we do, our guys are young and they're not expected to have to go outside. So they're in the little puppy pen. Um, and they're playing with each other. They entertain each other. And so it isn't, they aren't looking around the house for something to chew cause they can chew on their brother. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's actually really pretty easy. So what is, what, what, Turned out exactly as I expected. Was how fun it is just to have puppies in our house all the time. What has surprised me was um, the the how rewarding I would find the human connection of all this. You know, we did this for dogs, but the truth is, this is a beautiful way to connect to people. I can't even tell you how close I feel to the people who adopt these puppies. You know, they were strangers a second ago, and then. They adopt this puppy and then we both love the same puppy. We've both lived with the same puppy. And then they start sharing all these stories with me and we're linked together in this very positive way. Um, and sometimes the world right now doesn't, it feels a little hard to connect with people. And I have this unfailingly positive way to feel close to people and to like people, which is so fun. I go to the, I do post a lot on, um, you know, social media trying to get homes for these dogs but what I've learned is a bunch of people just like to follow the stories. You know, it's a happy story. This is why I read, wrote the book because it's, it's a happy story to see dogs go from an at-risk environment in a shelter where no adopters are really around to a safe landing with us and then to an amazing forever home that's just a happy story. And what I noticed when I was posting to get homes for these guys was that (laughs) everyone else was just watching the ride. And, um, you know, I go to the grocery store now and you know, kids, little kids who otherwise would be too shy, I think to come up and talk to a stranger, um, will come trotting over in the frozen food aisle and be like, Hey, Mrs. Callahan, I saw that cute video. How's cookie doing? You know? And it just makes me feel the fact that we feel so lucky to have this joy in our house. The fact that I can spread it through social media and through this book and just give people a happy little dose of good is so much fun. It's that, so that has surprised me. I had no idea that the the human cheer part of this would be so huge.
3: Yeah, I, um, it's funny that you said that, like, people like to follow the stories. I on Snapchat am subscribed to this, like, good vibes channel. And every single day, they put stories of like rescue puppies being adopted and talking about their stories. And it always brightens my day it always <laughs> makes me so happy. And, um, and I also think that it shocked me too like the connection like um like the connection that you get well with the person that like the adoption agency and also like my puppy I feel I was shocked by how the like the bond between a human and an animal could be so strong I did not expect that at all (laughs) and like it still surprises me every single day and it just it brings puppies just brings so much joy and happiness and i've noticed like in my family too that everybody is lighter like more happy especially during this hard time and i was wondering like since it going back to the previous question about how you were talking about how people were now like everybody staying at home and are doing less so we have more time to spend with our puppies. But I was wondering like when things start to go back to normal if that happens like in a year's yeah. time um how do you think that will affect like the puppy? Do you think that like it will be a shock for them to go from having everybody in the home 24/7 to then having them at work at school, you know, back into the hustle bustle of things? You bet. So
8: I can just tell the fact that you're asking that question tells me you're going to be an awesome owner for this puppy. <laughs> so yes. And so what all of us are doing, all of us who are trainers and rescue people are counseling people to try to get your dog used to uh, being alone a little bit, even if it means manufacturing reasons to get the whole house out of the family, uh, the whole family out of the house right now, because there are these pandemic puppies that everyone has adopted some of them have never ever taken one breath alone uh, yeah. because everyone is home all the time, and so reasonably enough, those puppies are going to feel terrified when that eventually happens. And so, you just want to help your puppy be ready for things like that. And so, you know, it, it you can it's it actually doesn't have to be very hard. You just have to keep it in mind. So, um, you just want to set up situations in your house where your puppy is either is alone or kind of feels alone. Um, And you just want to do it with baby steps. You know, you, you, at first, it just means the puppy isn't in your lap all the time. It means your puppy is on the floor while you're up on the couch sometimes, you know, and then you make it, um, maybe your puppy's in the kitchen while you're in the family room. And then maybe your puppy's in the crate while you're upstairs. And then maybe the whole family goes on a 10 minute walk and then comes back. So you take baby steps to, Get your puppy accustomed to not always having a human right there, because uh, then they'll be able to cope when things do go back to normal.
2: Wow, that's oh. really awesome. And I never, I never really thought about it like that. But I, now that you mentioned it, I see that it's so true. Is if you kind of, I guess, coddle your puppies all the time, they'll get used to it, and then they don't know how to spend any time alone. So I think exactly. that's definitely a very good point. And with all these puppies that you have at, at your house at one time, <laughs> you have to have a favorite, right?
8: <laughs> so so people ask that all the time. And um, so we really have. We've had 185 now. So um, I have so many that I have loved so much. I've loved every single one of them. Um, I don't have an overall favorite. However, I will admit that we've kept two. Those are called foster fails. When you set out to foster a dog, but you decide to keep the dog that you failed to foster out. You failed to adopt out the dog. So it's a foster fail. We have kept two of our moms. So I have to say, those are the two favorites of all the dogs we've fostered because we could not let them go. Um, and in terms of the puppies, um, what often happens, we have something that we call um, last puppy syndrome, um, because uh, inevitably when we have a litter, somebody will be the last picked, right? So you've got nine puppies and got a bunch of families that come by and they pick, they pick, they pick, they pick, and there's somebody who's last. And, um, you know, in your head, you're thinking, you know, I guess that one isn't a good one if that's the last one. I mean, of course, I'm not thinking that, but other people think that. Um, but for us, when we have just one guy left... We, we feel sad for that little one and we're not going to leave that one down in the puppy den. Uh, we're going to bring that one up and snuggle him, especially up with our family. And so suddenly that one is with us hundred percent of the time where before he was hanging out with his brothers and sisters a lot while we might be upstairs sometimes. So suddenly this puppy is at my side all the time. And I have time since there's only one, I have time to do a little bit of training and in, uh, inevitably the puppy proves to be incredibly smart and incredibly great. And so every single time we just laugh because that pup ends up being our favorite of the litter, (laughs) but it's honestly just because it was the one that we got to know best. And what it does is it just reinforces the idea that every single one of these puppies is delicious. You know, every single one I would love and keep and cherish, you know, um, and, you know, when the more time you have with them, the more you get to know them and the more you realize, oh, look what's special about this one. So they are delicious. They are just, um, it, it is a gift to be able to have them in our home and get to know each little personality.
3: Oh, and how do you, do you name all of your puppies? <laughs>
8: So we do, we um well we don't we don't always get to name them, but when we have a litter, if we get a litter litter early enough, we get to name them, which is very fun. Um so we've had our Chinese takeout litter, uh, which was <laughs> like wonton and dumpling and such. Aww. Um we had a spice litter, which was uh nutmeg and poppy and things like that. Um this current litter. Uh, the mom's name is Cookie. And so don't tell anyone, but we are thinking about naming um, these guys like Snickerdoodle and Chocolate Chip and stuff like that. So, oh, uh, I love that. It's, it's actually really fun. It's really yeah,
3: fun to name. I named my puppy Ginger.
8: So, kind of in the spice. Beautiful. <laughs> be, be, uh, yeah, it, be, that would be the spice litter or could also be the cookie litter because it could be Ginger Snap.
3: Yeah. So
8: right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's very fun to name them. We, we love getting to name them. It is, it's just, I don't know why it's so much fun. We, we often give them really goofy names because we don't want the people who adopt to feel stuck with a name because of course this is just a temporary name and the family who adopts them should get a chance to actually pick a name without feeling sort of guilty that they, they're changing the name. So.
2: Definitely. I think that's really awesome how you kind of have themes for every litter that you get. Yeah. Um, sorry, go ahead.
8: This, this spring we had, um, this spring was actually wonderful. We had, we called them our pandemic pups because we, they got to our house when they were five days old and it was early March and it was just when everyone was figuring out, oh, wow, what is happening when the world was f- starting to shut down and it was, fantastic to have this incredible diversion the whole time, this beautiful Pyrenees mom, like like a big white gorgeous dog with her seven puppies came. And rather than sitting around stressing about the world coming to an end, and my and then my girls were home, unexpected. Me, our girls are now 23 and 20, and so I had thought that we we had an empty nest. Tom and I were, you know, we were super happy being being empty nesters, but we sure missed our girls. But suddenly the girls were back, which was awesome, and we got this wonderful family. And so we spent this spring, you know, alternating between stressing out about what was happening in the world, but just having this delicious experience that our whole family got to enjoy with these these puppies and we named them after cereal. So that was Cheerio and Chex and Fruit Loop (laughs) and things like that. They're darling. And what was fun about that litter is that seven, six out of seven of them live within 10 minutes of me. And so we get those puppies together all the time. And we do these socially distanced gatherings where um, we all get together and it is just so much fun. And it's funny, like that group of people, they didn't know each other at all before these puppies and now we've all gotten strangely close like I can't describe it but we have this text group that is hilarious and so cute and so fun where everybody's sharing cute stuff and also this is the couch my puppy ripped up today kind of pictures and you know which is it's just fun you know it's just it's a great support group almost and real friendship has developed around that and it is um yeah it's it's a surprise and a delight
2: that's so awesome. Unfortunately, we are out of time for this segment. So thank you so much, Kathy. I absolutely loved the conversation that we had today.
8: Oh, thank you guys so much. It was so nice to talk to both of you guys. And good luck with the puppy. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Listeners, Thanks. please Thank make you sure so you... much for having me on. I really appreciate it.
2: Of course. Listeners, please make sure you check out Kathy and her family at www.puppypicks.com. And follow her on Instagram at puppy.pix.
3: Please show your love for more segments by donating to the BTSYA 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program at be the Keep listening as we have a conversation and we read the next a chapter about gratitude in the next segment.
1: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. Show the
6: world your smile, be the stars.
0: If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at bethestarurradio.com live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryant and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com.
6: with us at be the starurradio.com and the Voice America Empowerment Channel
7: entertainment news from a kid's perspective? Tune into Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America's Empowerment Channel. The Kids First film critic review all the latest movies, TV shows, and digital media before they're released. Interview celebrities and all that and more so you can make informed decisions about what you select to watch. Our reporters ages 8 to 21 bring you a kid's perspective on media targeted for kids and families. Kids First Coming Attractions plays every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
2: Welcome back to Express Yourself. This hour is all about giving, gratitude, and puppies.
3: During this segment, Arjun and I will be reading a chapter from Cynthia Bryan's book, Be the Star You Are, 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference.
2: Dogs were always a big part of growing up on the farm. My dad loved dogs, and most of the dogs were his, except for Skippy and Bullet. They were definitely my dogs.
3: My dad and his dog Raider were inseparable. Raider helped navigate the Jeep and follow Dad as he plowed the vineyards on the tractor. Raider was the last dog to roam the hills and the vineyards with Dad. After many faithful years, Raider died. Soon after, following a powerful battle with cancer, Dad also died. The date was December
4: 8th. Our
2: entire family was in mourning for my dad, but my immediate concern was for my mother. She and my father had been married almost 45 years. They'd been together since high school, and now mom was completely alone on a big ranch miles from anywhere, and her protectors, Dad and Raider, were gone.
3: I decided that a new puppy would be perfect for mom, both for companionship and protection. I heard about a woman who was trying to find homes from some chow chow puppies. Ironically, they had been born on dad's birthday in November, and I felt one would be perfect Christmas gift for mom.
2: On Christmas Eve, I met a gorgeous little female furball and instantly fell in love with her. She looked exactly like a cinnamon-colored teddy bear and was about the same size, but with a fiercely wagging tail. Dogs can express more with their tails in seconds than most people can express with their tongues in hours. I was really excited. Then, a thought hit me. Maybe I should let Mom know about her gift in advance so she could prepare for this beautiful creature. So on Christmas Eve, I rang Mom and told her that we had a gorgeous gift for her. A new puppy. Instead of an instead of the joy and excitement I expected, Mom was furious. How dare you try to replace your father with a dog? I don't need a dog to clean up after. Don't you dare bring me a dog. How could you be so cruel?
3: I was flabbergasted. Of course I knew how terribly sad Mom was. I was grief-stricken, too. I truly thought I was helping but my gift was absolutely wrong.
2: What would I do now? Here is this wondrous puppy licking my face, and it had no home. It was Christmas Eve, and I couldn't and wouldn't send her back. So I made a parental decision. Our family dog, Nefertiti, had died two years ago at the age of 16. We hadn't looked for a new dog because we weren't quite over-losing her. But the decision was easy. My kids, Justin and Heather, had been completely distraught over the death of my dad, their papa. I felt that having a new life to care for might help me, might help to mend their broken hearts.
3: As a child, I had always wanted to wake up Christmas morning and find a puppy under the tree. My childhood dream was about to become a reality for my own children. Just before dawn, I brought in a sleeping puppy from her special hiding place in the shed. I wrapped her small cage in a gauzy fabric and gently put her under the Christmas tree. Then I woke up the kids and excitedly announced that I had just heard reindeer on the roof. We had better go to see if Santa has come.
2: Quickly, we put on our bathrobes and padded downstairs. Sure enough, Santa had eaten the cookies, drunk the milk, and taken the carrots for his reindeer. Left behind was a bo- was a bouncing package tied with a big red ribbon and a tag that said, Open me first.
3: The kids tore into the box and out jumped the greatest Christmas gift ever. It's a bear, shrieked Heather. No, no. It's a bear dog, said Justin, as the puppy jumped and squirmed and licked and barked. Heather suggested naming her Jingle Bear, and everyone agreed. Now we had a new dog, and the light of love that had been dimmed by death began to shine again.
2: We opened all our gifts, gave thanks for such a wonderful Christmas, and loaded the car to go to the ranch for our traditional Christmas dinner, with the rest of our clan. Then, I realized that we shouldn't leave Jingle Bear alone. With much trepidation, I telephoned Mom for permission to bring her. Mom surprised me. Sure, go ahead and bring her, she said pleasantly. Your sisters are bringing their dogs, too.
3: When we got to the ranch, Jingle Bear rocketed out of the car and made a mad dash toward Mom. Oh, my puppy, my puppy, she cried, holding her in her arms. I looked at Mom in
2: horror. No, Mom, I tried to explain. That's Justin's and Heather's puppy. Santa brought her this morning to help the kids get through this sad time in their lives. I took my mom into the next room to talk. I didn't realize she'd be so cute, Mom said. I'm sorry I told you I didn't want a dog. I really want her now. Please, let me have her. What was I going to do? What a mess.
3: I immediately called the owner of Jingle Bear's mother to find out whether I could rescue another puppy. All the cinnamon chows were spoken for, she said, but there was still one black female left. I'll take her, I said. I was saved from the agony of choosing between my children and my mother.
2: So that's how mom got a dog, and we all got a second Christmas bear. Mom named her black puppy Bear, and she's been a wonderful gift of love, companionship, and protection. She guards the ranch like any good bear would, and won't let anyone out of their car or truck unless mom gives her the command. Bear recognizes the sounds of all the kids' and grandkids' vehicles, and welcomes them with a wagging her tail. Jingle Bear is equally devoted to our children and guarding our household. The bears didn't replace Dad. Nothing ever could, but they restore joy on a sad Christmas, helping to heal the holes in our hearts. That's the great thing about dogs. They give such comfort because they never ask why we're sad. They just warm our hearts and bring us joy.
3: How many times have you been told that it's better to give than receive? Giving is a virtue that was deeply instilled in us as children. My family never went anywhere without bringing a gift of fruit, vegetables, fresh eggs, or wine to our hosts. Regular donations were made to our church and various charities. Offering friendship and help to others in need was an important part of our upbringing.
2: However, I learned or relearned one important lesson that Christmas. Live animals are a terrible gift unless they are wanted by the receiver. I should have known this already. Most of the animals in our menagerie that we have rescued were once gifts to someone who didn't want them or couldn't care for them.
3: Our Christmas bears gave us unconditional love, protection, and companionship. And we generously receive their love and reciprocate by providing food, great homes, land to roam on, and lots of hugs. At Easter, Justin received another pup who's named Wolf. But that's another story.
2: Now for an exercise called giving and receiving. Take a moment to remember your feelings when you gave a wonderful present to someone or made a donation to a favorite charity. And you may want to record your feelings in your journal.
3: Don't forget that another aspect of generosity is learning to receive graciously and gratefully. How do you feel when you receive a gift? How do you react? The next time a friend or loved one asks what you'd like as a gift, don't respond, oh, nothing. Allow others to feel good about themselves by giving to you. Learn to accept appreciatively and to enjoy the spirit of the gift. Sometimes the way you receive can be the greatest gift of generosity.
2: We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. Unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. Thank you so much for listening to Super Smart Sundays here on Express Yourself. Please support the Be The Star You Are charity and find information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs at bethestarur.org. Please consider a donation during these holidays.
3: And I'm Andrea Smith, and you've been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk, and the world listens. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our voice engineer, Josh. And thank you to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Be grateful, adopt a rescue puppy, and happy holidays. And as always, remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself.